Good morning. Good morning. Uh, this week's scripture reading is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. John 1, what? John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Genesis 1. John. Genesis 1. The bulletin says Genesis. The bulletin says John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made, although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. <coughs> The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has passed me because he is before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of the grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God 
and is in close relationship with the Father, has made him known. May God bless you and your family up in the world. Come forward. Have a seat in that front row. Right there. Good morning. Good morning. I have an announcement. It's really exciting. It's, I, I can't wait to tell you. What is it? You'll have to wait. I brought some things with me that might help us with our announcement here. Let's see. How do you get your news? When somebody has an announcement, how do you get it? Most of us go to this, right? Yeah, you look it up on the internet, you get breaking news, this just in, right? Well, years ago, it used to be, hear ye, hear ye, right? Or, extra, extra, read all about it, yeah? Well, before all of that, we've had angels saying, don't be afraid, I've got good news. But even before that, how did God make an announcement? He'd tell you. Hmm? He'd talk to you. Yeah. Well, he sent Jesus. And our scripture this morning says that he was the word. And the word was with us. Our announcements are always about words, right? We're always saying words. We announce things. We announce uh, what's happening in the church. We announce what's happening in the neighborhood. We announce what's happening in our family, in our house. We don't stand on the street corner and go, extra, extra. <coughs> Not anymore. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. No. And angels still come, I think but not usually the way they did in our Christmas story that we've been hearing. This, this message has been trying to happen all through Advent. I've been trying to, I keep saying, no, no, I've got to save this, I've got to save this. But Jesus is the Word. And my Bible is really kind of a cool Bible because it has all these cool little help things in it. And one of the things it has for today's scripture, it says, why... When John's uh, meanings of the words passed beyond the Greek into the Hebrew, into the Jewish, um, a, a little eight-year-old girl was asked, why was Jesus called the Word? And her response was, that's all God wanted to say. That's all God needed to say. It's Jesus. He's the great announcement. Jesus Christ is born. He's the announcement. Pretty awesome. Amen. Amen. So, one of my favorite songs growing up, and I should have talked to Sue ahead of this, but um, when we always did Christmas pageants, we always ended them with one particular song that was one of my favorites, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Everybody know that one? Well, it ends with that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it. Tell it on the mountain. Tell it in the valley. Tell it everywhere. Jesus Christ is born. He's the word. He's God's word. And he's here to save us. Yeah. Oh, she's wonderful.
ready? got it. You're ringing your bells. That's right. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you were born, that you are the word, the only word that we need, salvation. We thank you that we don't have to stand on a street corner and yell extra, extra, read all about it, but we could. We don't have to stand there and say, hear ye, hear ye, but we could. Or we could just use our love for you to shine through and to let other people know that indeed the word has come. Jesus Christ is Lord. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we do want to hear from you. We pray that you will speak to us through your word, who is your son, Jesus. Amen. Okay, this is the last one for this series of Advent. Um, not for the whole Christmas season. Obviously, Kathleen will wrap it up for us next week. But we've been talking about this story that God is telling and how it follows if you... Well, how the story is a comedy. But maybe not in the way that we think of comedy. In the, way, in the classic sense of comedy where you have a story and things dip down kind of low, and then they come back up, and you have a happy ending. And so this is the kind of story that God is telling, that God has been telling from the beginning. Um, we also talked last week about how that God has started, from actually from the beginning, too, this conspiracy. But it's a good conspiracy. It is a conspiracy, a plan for everybody's good. Everybody is invited into this, but he starts small. So we've been watching, over the last couple of weeks, we've been watching God send angels, angels means messengers, to invite individual humans into this good conspiracy that he's been planning for, since the beginning of time. And his conspiracy, the plan is, the basic plan is to unite the heavens and the earth. God is love. It says that in the first in John's first letter, not the gospel that we're reading today, but in John's first letter, he says over and over again that God is love, and God's plans and the story God is telling and God's creation and everything comes out of his love. And so he wants all of us to be united in love. Okay, so this series, though, is called, not called The Comedy or The Good Conspiracy. It is called Cast of Characters. So who are the characters that we've met so far in this? Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth. Mary. Joseph. Mary, Joseph. Angels. Sure, angels. Shepherds. Not yet. Those will be tonight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides the shepherds. Who are we missing? John the Baptist and Jesus. Oh, well, John the Baptist, we've met, sort of. And Jesus, we haven't actually talked a whole lot about. I mean, we have, but 
He hasn't really made it into the story yet, but he does today. On December 9th, 2019, no, 2018, I preached a sermon here from this passage, and I discovered something when I preached it. That was, by the way, the sermon after which you voted to call me as your pastor. Um, I didn't, well, there were two things I discovered when I wrote that, and one of them I remembered, and the, one, and the other one I didn't. But the one that I remembered was that I always thought that only two of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I thought only two of them gave us a version of the Christmas story. Mark doesn't start with Jesus' childhood at all. Jesus is basically just never had one, <laughs> as far as Mark is concerned. Uh, Mark starts with John the Baptist, actually, um, and Jesus getting baptized. But Matthew tells the story, the Christmas story, kind of through Joseph's point of view. And Luke tells the story kind of through Mary's point of view. And John just has this really crazy, weird beginning. But when I preached that sermon five-ish years ago, I realized that John actually tells the Christmas story too, but he tells it through God's point of view, or Jesus' point of view. Kind of the same thing. The story that God is telling and the good conspiracy that God is planning to unite the heavens and the earth is huge. It is cosmic. It is a gigantic story, but most of the time, God accomplishes things in the story. Most of the time, God accomplishes huge cosmic things by focusing on out-of-the-way places that no one would otherwise have heard of, unimportant people, and also specific times and specific places. We've been watching this as we've been meeting these Advent characters. Um, Zechariah was a priest in the temple, but he wasn't anybody extra special. His wife, Elizabeth, certainly wasn't because in that culture you needed to have kids as a woman to have any kind of social standing, and she didn't have any at first. Um, Mary was just some random Jewish girl in not only an occupied territory, but the part of the occupied territory that everybody thought was like the unimportant people, the north, the Galilee, no, that was not, nothing good came from Galilee. That was, it was known as Galilee of the Gentiles. There were lots of Gentiles up there. It wasn't an important place. But God chooses these out-of-the-way places and these unimportant people. John, in his story, though, he, he keeps connected to the earth, which is good because John was also a human, but his Christmas story kind of zooms out. We've been looking at the really up-close and personal stories, but John zooms out and gives us a more heavenly view of what's happening at Christmas. And he not only zooms out as far as, like, space and people, but he zooms out all the way back in time, too, to the beginning. He starts his whole gospel saying, in the beginning. And his intention is to call back to the passage that Roberta read for us from Genesis, which also starts in the beginning. In fact, in Hebrew, the book of Genesis is named after that line, beginning. 
Um, and Genesis means beginning in Greek. So John is intentionally calling back to Genesis because he wants us to understand that the stories he's about to tell us in his gospel didn't come out of nowhere. They didn't even just come out of the history of the Jewish people or the Israelites, the Hebrew people. They are a continuation of the story God has been telling all along for all of creation, for all people. John is about to tell us a story that is a continuation of the good beginning and the solution for how that good beginning went wrong. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He is hinting at the Trinity here. doesn't mention the Spirit at this point, but the Trinity is really hard to understand, and it is impossible to explain, even if you can come up with a pretty good analogy, which Toby thinks I have one of. You can, I, I do like it. You, you can ask her about it later. Um, but even that one falls short. This is kind of John's version of an analogy to help us at least understand the unity between the Father and the Son, which is really important to John through the whole Gospel. And it has to do with the word, word. So the word that he's using in Greek is logos, and it means word. But it also implied there was this philosophy in, among the Greek people that there was an underlying principle that gave order and organization to the universe, and they called that thing logos. It's interesting that John, who is Jewish, doesn't say doesn't refer to the word specific to the Hebrew people. He doesn't say, in the beginning was the Torah, which is the law, or in the beginning was the Tanakh, which is the whole Hebrew Bible. Um, he says, in the beginning was the Logos. So again, he's saying, he's, he's borrowing some Greek philosophy that is not Christian background, it's not even Jewish background, but he's saying they got, they got something, and I'm going to explain what it is what it really is. There is a logic underlying the universe. There are natural laws. There is moral right and wrong. There is something. And that word, what, what you guys call the word, was with God. And the word was God. When we talk about our words, it, if someone says to you, you have my word, what does that mean? It's a promise, right. But how do you know if that word is worth it? <laughs> it depends on the person, exactly. But even the most honest, the most trustworthy, the most genuine, the most kind person, the, the best person that isn't Jesus, um, is sometimes not fully in sync with what comes out of their mouths. We all say things sometimes that either don't communicate who we really are very well, or, we, or they're not exactly what we mean, or we change our minds, or we, we learn something new, and then we have to say something different. Amen. So our words change, and they don't necessarily reflect exactly who we are. 
But God, God's word is so true to who God is that it, you can say God's word is himself. He, our brains can't understand everything about God, but God's word communicates everything about God. We might not, what? You sure can. <laughs> God is so whole, so pure, so self-integrated, that his own word is a complete and full expression of himself, who he is, what he's like. There is no difference between what he speaks and who he is. So, we got to keep that in mind. And then we also got to keep in mind the Genesis account. In case there's any doubt that John is intentionally trying to get us to think about Genesis with the beginning of his gospel, he clears it up in verse 3 because he starts talking about creation. He says, Through him, the word, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Well, in Genesis, how does God make the world? He speaks. Right. And God said, and there was. Right? God spoke a word, and everything was created through the word, through him. And not only was everything created through the word, but this word is also what sustains creation. So we not only have existence through the word, but we have life through the word. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. We get our being from him, we get our life from him, and we get our ability to see and understand from him. He is light. The life was the light of all mankind. This might be, I think, it might be a little dig at the serpent in the garden who convinced the man and the woman that they would be like God knowing what they needed to know if they disobeyed God and ate some fruit. When you put it like that, it sounds a little silly, <laughs> right? Um, John is saying here, no, the light, all the light that we need, all the life that we need, all the existence that we need comes through the Word, who was with God and who is God. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then John kind of zooms back in real quick and focuses on John the Baptist and says, there was a man who was sent from God, his name was John, he came as a witness to the light, he wasn't the light, but he came as a witness to tell other people about the light. So John's saying, God sent a regular human who wasn't the light, but knew the light to tell other humans about the light. We've been watching how in our stories of this Advent, angels have been coming to humans and telling them about God and about what God's good conspiracy is. But ultimately, God really wants other humans telling humans. So, he sent, he sent his angels to Zechariah and Elizabeth to tell them about John the Baptizer, but then John the Baptizer was that human to get the ball rolling. Start to tell other humans about the light. And then, after God got this human going in Elizabeth's womb, basically, then God became a human himself. God the Son, God the Word, became a human. 
This divine, very non-human being, not created, always existing, more, it, having more in common with words and light and life, those things that don't really have any shape, but somehow we're created in his image, that being became one of us. What happens when the creator of everything enters his own creation? Disappointment. Well, for him, one of two things happens. In first John tells us the world that was made by the Father through the word, through the son, nurtured by the spirit does not recognize him. He comes to then those who were his own, and they, they, didn't, they didn't get it. But, that's in verse 11, but in verses 12 and 13, it says, yet to all who did receive him, so that's the other thing. Some people don't recognize him, but some people do. To all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. This isn't something that's tied to any particular culture, or people group, or gender, or anything. Anyone who receives God, no matter where you were born, or how you were born, or where you came from, who receives the word of God, Jesus Christ, as God has a right to become a child of God. So, sweet baby Jesus is not the only baby in the Christmas story. That's the other thing that I realized when I preached that sermon five years ago, and I didn't remember it until I reread that sermon this week, and then I got so distracted by it, I was like, I don't know what else I can preach. <laughs> Jesus is not the only baby in the Christmas story. We are. If we are those who receive him as Mary and Joseph and John the baptizer received Jesus, if we are those who believe in his name, we become children of God by right. And we need to grow up in the Lord, but let's not forget, at this time of Christmas, when we're celebrating the birth of a baby, that first we're children. We don't need to try to be super special, or super perfect, or we just need to have the humility to remember that we're children, because he had the humility to become one. This is the conspiracy. God is going to unite the heavens and the earth in his own great love by entering our world and this one little family so that we all can be welcomed into his cosmic family as Jesus opens the way for us. And in a fruitful, loving union of two people, there are children, right? When the heavens and the earth merge, when they are married, there are children. So Jesus came as a child, and we are also God's children through the marriage of the heavens and the earth. And 
when we receive Jesus and when we join into God's family, it is glorious, and it will be glorious. John says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So tonight, we're going to meet a couple more of the cast of the story. Angels singing glory and shepherds listening and shepherds running and tumbling to see the baby in a feeding trough. And next week, Kathleen will introduce us to some more of the cast. We'll sort of celebrate Epiphany a week early. And after that, the rest of the characters in this cast of character are us. We're a bunch of characters. <laughs> We did this five years ago, but we're going to do it again because it's a different group of people here now, and we've all grown and changed together and individually, and the world has changed in the last five years. We're going to contemplate the glory of God together. Um, I preached on glory. That was my very first sermon series here at this church at the beginning of 2019. I'm not going to preach exactly the same sermons. We might find out some new things about glory, um, but I think it's important to continue to look back to God and how glorious he is and what does that really mean and what does it mean for us to glorify him and how, how do we do that? Um, and so we're going to take five weeks because Lent is super early this year. Um, we're going to take five look, weeks to look at glory and contemplate the glory of God. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And may, be, and may God be glorified fully and truly in us as we go. Amen. Lord God, thank you that you want to share your glory with us. We pray that we will be open to receive the Lord Jesus Christ who laid aside his rights to divinity and became a little human baby so that we could join with the divine God who loves us and gave himself for us. We pray that you will be glorified in our celebrations today and tomorrow and in the coming year. In Jesus' name, amen.